We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sell high, buy low. These are common overused terms in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Trading isn't easy. Finding the right trade partner, a team whose positional needs align with your positional needs, are one of the keys to completing Dynasty Fantasy Football trades. However, there are players whose value has hit a peak, and you can consider trading them because their future value may be on the decline. Or maybe the market value or perception on a given player is high enough for you to trade out of. On this episode of the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, I speak with Brandon Adam of the Flex Network. Brandon is a passionate and experienced Dynasty player whose weekly podcast talks about Dynasty. We talk about a few must-sell wide receivers on this episode. Brandon makes the case to trade away stars like Cooper Cup and Deontay Johnson and why you should shy away from veterans like Amari Cooper and Hollywood Brown and maybe even Devontae Adams. The Rotowire Dynasty Superflex rankings are updated weekly, and I've just put a refresh on them. And you can see them now for free for 10 days with a Rotowire Premium Trial Membership. All you need to do is go to rotowire.com forward slash try put in your email and you get everything on the website for free for 10 days there's no credit card required and nothing to cancel after 10 days the subscription just lapses and it's your choice whether you want to continue it or not okay everybody it's time for another intriguing dynasty conversation at the end of this podcast brandon and i talk about best practices for pulling off a trade yeah what are you, what are you drinking there what is that monster waking um, up it isn't it only about like eight it's not even 8 30 in the morning there man the monster that early oh yeah dude i it's a daily thing yeah yeah I, do you drink coffee also no okay so there Zero you go coffee There's, yeah yeah i mean people look at you strange when you say that right they're like what do you mean you don't oh 100 percent. they go they look at me like what and and then they look at me even crazier when i can say i can sleep after drinking a monster yeah um, yeah that that's pretty that, wild <laughs> That's pretty wild. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What um was it called? But you're not. You're like your heart rate doesn't increase and all that kind of stuff. No, I got a whoop strap on and mm-hmm. I can see. No, nah, not really. I my uh the funny thing is like uh my resting heart rate mm-hmm. is like forty eight. Um. Wow. So that's right. Well, you're well. You do a lot of like cardio stuff with the skiing, right? Well, I'm a, so I'm on the U S development sled hockey team. So I, nice. I skate every day for like two hours. Um, yeah, that's unbelievable. so I'm con- I'm on the ice and skating and then I lift and then I go home. 
What do you <laughs> play? My job. More, do you play more offensive or defensive on the hockey stuff? No, I'm I'm a I'm a center offense. Hundred percent. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to, yeah. Hockey. It's like I used to be like the biggest hockey fan ever. When it's like so fun 80s. to watch. Oh yeah, hockey is one of the sports that's actually better to go to than it is 100%. better to watch on TV. Whereas football, I think it's better to watch it on television than go to the game. And everyone's got one that. Hundred percent there with you on that. Uh, I go to Avs games all the time, and it's the best sporting event that I go to. And I go to Broncos games here and there, but even when they okay. were good, I was. It's okay. Like, it's okay. Yeah, but yeah, I'm how many, so much more of a hockey guy. Yeah, how many dynasty leagues are you in now? I'm in 15, something like that. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Like for I've been playing Dynasty maybe for like I would say like 12 years now, maybe maybe around yeah. there. And I was in one league for so long, and then about five years ago, four years ago, it just exploded into like 10, and now it's up to 30 Dynasty leagues. It's, it's dude, I couldn't a, do that. Yeah, no, it, there's there's got to be. I think sleeper, like we both play on a lot of leagues on the sleeper, and they make it mm-hmm. easy just to like. And another and another. Yeah. And I think like what happens is, yeah. And I think what happens is every time like you get into a league, you, you develop this attitude like, hey, if I just got one more chance to do a startup, I know I could do it a little differently. Yeah. I'll take a few different guys. And then what happens is you end up kind of just gravitating to your guys anyway. What's what's your general philosophy for startup drafts? Like, how do you how do you like to attack them? What do you think is the best way? You wide receiver guy, running back. So let's just assume like, you know, super flex type of league, the, all the leagues that so, we type will be playing. Yeah. So I try and get my foundational back um, for sure. I get one foundational back. Uh, it seemed like this year, especially that my teams that were wide receiver heavy did better. Um, but I don't know if that was just an abnormal year because of the injury rate on the RB seemed very high this year. And I just, I don't know. It just seemed like that, the teams I went heavy RB early didn't go well because I went heavy in J.K. Dobbins and things like that. So their guys were injured, and that's what happens sometimes. But, yeah, I think going forward, I'm going to be – I want to start stacking up wide receivers and have just one foundational back that I know it's a, a for sure guy. And then the RB2 will probably be my weakest position. Yeah, I'm with you that last year I, I attacked a lot of the young running backs, right? And, you know, some of them, you know, the Travis Etienne's and J.K. Dobbins, obviously those weren't those weren't hits for me. But, you know, you had DeAndre Swift. You were happy. Obviously, if you got Jonathan Taylor, you were happy. And then my, my philosophy, my dynasty philosophy was I'll just fill in with the Jarvis Landry's and Robbie Anderson's and those type. But yeah. I'm with you. And on the first podcast episode that we did for the Dynasty podcast, the Rotowire Dynasty podcast, I had that same thought you did. And I predicted – I predicted predict the market will is going to be there everyone's going to be yeah. fighting over the young wide receivers now yeah and then filling in the running backs like i'm okay just getting melvin gordon and james connor later on devin singletary and just filling it in so do you think now like the pendulum is going to completely switch or is just just because yeah. we play so much dynasty we're seeing it ahead of time we're seeing it ahead of time i think i think we're i think we're a little bit ahead of the curve and what went wrong for our teams this year and i think we I think experienced players adjust accordingly. Um, but you're right. I think we're going to we're going to see a lot more wide receivers come off the the shelf especially in the early second round like in that second round is going to be littered with with wide receivers just solid. 
I think that, and then a lot of good RBs are going to drop to the third round. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think even in like just redraft leagues, I know we're talking dynasty, but usually the first couple rounds of dynasty is not that different from redraft. I mean, everyone wants those top 20 players, you know I mean? Sure. Like yep. Derek Henry is the exception where for some reason his, well, we know the reason his dynasty value falls, but in reality, yeah. he's a top five redraft pick, you know? So, right. But you can, I, I, I know I'm nervous about him. He's one of those guys that I'm actually, so last year I won, I won not not this not 2021 but 2020. I won uh, some dynasty leagues with Derrick Henry, and in the off season I sold him um, because he had that record year, um, and I told everybody around me I was selling Henry, and they thought I was nuts. And I just told them the the playoff grind is going to catch up to to these kind of RBs with these heavy workloads later in the year. Everything stacks up, and I think that's exactly what happened. His body finally just broke. And that's that happens, man. Especially at especially when you're getting that type of workload, and playoff football is a little different. Those hits are coming harder. It's a lot more physical, and it just seems like those those teams that are perennially in the playoffs over and over and over again, those uh, running backs break down quicker. Yeah, I mean that that definitely sounds sounds like good logic to me. And yeah, what we're gonna yeah. do, and again, we're gonna talk about today for people listening to the podcast. We're gonna talk about wide receivers that mm-hmm. we're gonna call them must sells, but I guess if someone's gonna pay the freight or sell high, yeah, exactly, and, and, exactly. Yeah, and, and Brandon and Brandon and I both have like di- we, we're gonna define what we why because you can make anyone a must buy or anyone a must sell at the right price, yeah. but. We're going to talk about today, like wide receivers that have uh, how I'm going to define it. And then I'm going to let you state your definition. Wide receivers that probably there's two, there's two ways to look at one that wide receivers that have a higher trade value than they do actual value. Okay. Right. So someone that you could probably get more for than you could do if you get, if you kept them on your team. And I think another way to look at it is what you told me is that players where their value is peaked right now and you're predicting and you're projecting that the value is going to go down. So you want to sell it. And now here's, here's why um, I like that, that definition of it that you gave, but the problem with it is I think is that, you're a sharp dynasty player, and we play in a lot of leagues with experienced players. I think that they're sure. able to project those sure. values similarly, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I think I might be wrong. So talk about there just a little bit about your definition of sell high, or just in general, when is a player, when is the right time to get a player off of your roster? So for me, my rules are A, when I'm going into an offseason, I look at guys that set records, set peak production for themselves and personal personal highs. Um, I look at those players and say, can they do it again? Can they actually be that efficient? Can they actually get the same target share? Can they actually have that many, you know, opportunities that they had in the previous year? Um, I look at roster construction of those teams. Are they going to be bringing in anybody in free agency or draft that could affect said player? Um, age is another one for dynasty. I like to at least entertain, um, price checks and options when players hit certain, especially wide receivers hit that, uh, 30, close to 30 year old mark, 29, 28. I'm checking, seeing how much they are worth. And if I can cash in and if my teams are, it it really depends on the, 
construction of my team. And if I won, if I'm one, if I won in those teams and I see older players, I have no hesitation in selling off assets to replenish the pipeline. Because usually when you're, when you're winning, your pipeline of picks and whatever is kind of depleted because you're going all in most of the time, you know, things like that. Like you got to look at players that like uh, we're, I'm going to be talking today, Devonte Adams. That's another, that's a guy that, you know, he's 29 years old that, and he's got an uncertain future and all these things and productions at, a, you know, at an all time high. That's a guy I'm going to do a price check on. And if there's price, if there's a package out there that I really like, I have no problem selling high end assets, um, especially if, especially if I'm in a, I just won, um, and I need to get youthful and I need to right. things so like that. Cause I, what, yeah, what you're saying though is it, what you're saying is if you have a successful fantasy season, yeah. you're almost, you're almost, and I think a lot of dynasty players think this way. Like they're so yeah. nervous that like, I got to start thinking about the future. I think that yeah. sometimes they forget like these solid okay. veterans, yeah. Yeah, these yeah. veterans are okay to keep on my roster. And I think sure. that that's a, that's an edge where I try to exploit. And, and that's sure. what's going to be interesting about this conversation today. Like, and I'll give you an example. We're like, a little opposite. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's just no, there's just different. That's what's great about Dynasty is that there's a lot of different paths you could take to gain sure. an edge. And it's not like redraft, for example, like injured mm-hmm. players that are out for six weeks still have actual value. Whereas, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was droppable in redraft once he got hurt. You would never yep. see that happen. And what right. I was going to say about Hopkins is uh, I've heard Chad Parsons say this on his podcast. And what he talks about is what do you care about the the price of your house if you're going to live in it? You don't care what the market value mm-hmm. of your house is. You just enjoy the house, right? And that's right. what a player like DeAndre Hopkins is. He's just going to give you that. Maybe he just doesn't produce like he once did. But if you, if you trade him, if you sell him, you're not going to get what it's actually worth in production. So Correct. that sometimes That's a is problem. a buy low. Yeah. Oh, I actually have D hop as a buy low for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've been in a big debate with the, with the guys over at flex network about it. Um, I'm a buy low on Kyler Murray and a buy low on D hop and that offense in general. Um, everybody's a little pissed off about the end of the season um, towards Kyler. <laughs> and I yeah. think, uh, I think we're going to be able to buy low on him. Yeah, I, I agree too. Like it's when someone comes off, if you're going to believe in a player in general and they come off a four or five game stretch, especially to close the season where it kind of sits with you for the rest of the year and there's no yep. plausible like, hey, this is how I can explain it. Then, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a good buy low window. Like and the opposite of that would be someone like Trevor Lawrence, who had an all time bad season for what his expectations were. And then, but you know, everyone, the, the, the comfortable narrative is that it was poor coaching. So Trevor Lawrence and a couple of the startups I've already did is still a locked in top 24 pick in super flex drafts. And he's probably like QB seven or QB eight. All right. So let's, yeah, that let's, makes sense. Yeah. So we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to use our theme of must sell wide receivers based on mm-hmm. those definitions that we talked about. Sure. And we're going to see where the conversation takes us. So sure. your first, your first must sell, uh, he was the headliner of, of our discussion and of our thumbnail. It was Cooper cup and people, yeah. I think people are spinning up their breakfast right now, but I, yeah. uh, but I actually agree with you here. So yeah. you, you alluded to it a little bit before, but talk about why you should be shopping Cooper cup in your dynasty league. 
Absolutely. I mean, when somebody sets records and sets, I mean, are, are we really going to expect him to do to have nine, uh, 1,947 yards again? I don't think so. I think, I think whenever a player maxes out value or maxes out opportunities, that is something that you got to understand and look at in the future. It doesn't mean it's going to happen over and over and over and over again. This is, this was a special year. And if you can capitalize on Cooper Cup and have somebody overpay for him, why not? I, I totally okay. understand. Let me, totally let me stop that. there because let me stop you there because I want you sure. to define that. Because someone right now is saying, okay, fine, Cooper Cup had an all time mm-hmm. season, but sure. in redraft, he's going to be wide receiver one, two, or three. So we sure. can reasonably expect him to be a top five receiver. Sure. And then and then you yeah. use the term overpay. And I want you to define overpay. what that means. So what does that mean? Like what would be a return that you could plausibly get for Cooper cup that you sure. wouldn't say no to define that. I think, I think you can get, I think you can get said a player and two first round picks for Cooper cup. No problem. He is an example of a player that I think uh, anybody within a wide receiver two area, like Terry McLaurin, like, Terry McLaurin, and yeah, two Terry firsts. McLaurin and two first, a guy that can stop gap that wide receiver one position for you. And then you have the opportunity to go get two other studs in younger studs to infuse youth into your rosters. Um, like I said, you, you always, you always got to shop your top tier talent just to see if somebody is going to overpay you and give you three first, something crazy like that, that is very, very plausible. That can happen. Um, that another one where I would go is I would take Cooper cup and I would go trade him for Javante Williams and go get uh, a top tier running back. Yeah. Yeah. Just flip the position and get a 22 year old back that is going to be coming into a top five running back position for the next five years. You're going to get that from him. Yeah, that's a good trade. And, but here, here's where, um, here's where I think dynasty player and that trade that both those trades, you said, I think you can execute Terry McLaurin coming yeah, off the down, absolutely. Off the, Terry McLaurin coming off the down year. And then obviously yeah. if you have some middle of the road, first round picks or whatever. But what I'm saying is that if we think about this logically for a second over the next th- of the 2022 and 2023 season, let's just take this conversation, put it here for a second. Who's likely to have more fantasy points, Cooper cup or your two first round picks that you're just kind of, let's call them like pick seven, right? Oh. Who's who's likely to have more fantasy points over the next two seasons? Well, both of those, both of those picks, or Cooper Cup. Well, if you look at what, who was your seventh seventh overall pick last year? Jalen Waddle. Like, come on. Right. Like, I mean, they, last year Devontae Smith. Uh, you know, guys like that. They were all over the place, and especially with the new age of college, the wide receiver talent is so stacked that it's just a straight up turnover, turnover, turnover. You can get great wide receivers later on it's never a it's not you're never going to be 100 on your draft picks that's never going to happen but you i wouldn't mind going after young talent and having that infused and then flip you can literally flip if you had Jalen, if you did that deal last year or if this was last year and you got terry mclaren Jalen waddle and you got yourself a uh, Elijah Moore in the second, you know, later in the first or second round. I mean, wouldn't you take that deal right now? I would. I, w- I would take. I that would not. I would. <laughs> I would. I would. Yeah. One hundred percent. I would take yeah, that but, deal in one hundred percent. 
Yeah, and I and I'll, I think the market agrees with you. I think that most people would yeah. take that deal. In fact, in one of yeah. the dynasty leagues I've been in for a while, and it's got it has good players in it, but and Cooper Cup was traded for. I'm just trying to think the exact. It was Kadarius Tony, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and and maybe a first. I, I'm just I you know it was mm-hmm. definitely a pick, a late first. So again, it it just gives you a sample. This is a real trade that went down, not yeah. a hypothetical, because it's so easy to say, sure. oh, trade this guy, flip that guy, but. Uh, sure. You know, real, it's tough to get real de- you know, to understand, like to actually execute these trades. So what yeah. I'm saying is that I, what I've identified, and again, my strategy here is I'm, I was just, I'm still in the middle of a startup, right? Um, in a startup draft right now, I'm in the late rounds. And what I did was everyone's fighting over the youth as they usually do yeah. in these drafts. And nice. I, what I did was, yeah, what I did was I just collected uh, all of the veterans. So my team is older. So I, I'm on this little older veteran stuff like my team is mm-hmm. um you know I'm, i have play- so in my first pick i took jonathan taylor which is again that's fine but then it's like grandpaville i have derrick henry <laughs> i have coop i have um i have uh, mike evans i have uh, you know keenan allen so you get the vibe i have travis yeah. kelsey like in the fourth round you know so you, yeah. you understand so there is an edge to be had now there is sure danger cliff danger there you're gonna have to figure out ways to reload if things don't go right but i think that win now is undervalued in dynasty especially in startups and especially in february where the 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 most passionate dynasty players are 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 rookie crazy and youth crazy all right so yeah i I actually i'm 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 very i actually agree with you 100 percent on that i'm i'm a very win now guy i go in all the time whenever i think i have a uh, a chance and then if i don't make it i always sell off assets and get picks back but i do agree with you i i look at dynasty in two to three year windows just like you do um Mm -hmm. but it like when somebody maxes out that value like you really got to contemplate it you really do and I think you've seen this a lot. You're, I, 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 for the record here, I think you're a sharp dynasty player. You know what you're doing. You've won leagues. You've won our high, our high money league. But what I think that a lot of our colleagues and friends, and admittedly I do too, we suffer from sometimes from sexy roster syndrome. We love looking at our sexy roster with our young players on it, and we forget <laughs> Keenan Allen is likely to outproduce Amon Ross St. Brown by you know. Uh, by 20, yeah. 30% this year. And that's what matters. Hey, we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to tell you about WinBet. Uh, uh, let me say it back. So WinBet, what a terrible read. Let me let me say it clean again, all right? If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, it's making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you from RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now exclusive sponsor of the RotoWire Fantasy Dynasty podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. WinBet is currently available in eight states and while rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks. Download the WinBet app now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner of the RotoWire Dynasty podcast. It's a mouthful. Trust me. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, you did that way better than I ever could. <laughs> hey, we're grateful, WinBet. They're, yeah. they're sponsoring the podcast. They like what we're doing That's here. Awesome. We're happy. All right. Yep. So what we're talking about today is I'm here with uh, Brandon Adam of uh, the Flex Network, and we're talking about dynasty must sells. And like we said, there's a price for everything. If somebody's going to overpay, sure. But there are players, and I this is where uh, 
where I call them must sells players that have higher perceived value than they sure. do actual value. Now you can make an argument. He's not on my list, but like someone like Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown would be my first must actually. So I'm going to put him on my list. My first Go must sell, yeah. not because I don't think he's a good player or he has a chance to produce, but his, he's a fourth round pedigreed pick. The chances are the Lions are going to add a first-round wide receiver, whether it's early or late. They have a couple picks. I know they have the Rams mm-hmm. pick late, um, so that could you know that could be a quarterback. They have another pick early. Some people speculate they won't add a wide receiver, but they're going to add somebody. There's going to be some good free agents on the market, and I think that Amon Ross St. Brown, an incredible finish to the season. You could probably get the equivalent of a hot, of a top five rookie pick for him, and if you could do that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think people, if, if somebody has one pick 105, they're going to cough it up for Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going as a top 36 wide receiver. So this may yeah. not, I may sound foolish in 18 months from now, but yeah. I think there's an opportunity here to explore the market. Now, Cooper Cup, like you said, had the all-time high season, but he's a good player with multiple yep. years of, of proven production. Sure. Whereas Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, it, you might be able to get two first from him if they're later on. So Absolutely. I like the player and I would love to have him on my roster, but I think that his market value is higher than what his actual value is. I project it going forward. What do you think about that philosophy? I, I, I told, Hey man, that's you, we can di- dissect how to sell or your critique or whatever you want, or your, uh, the way you think about how you want to construct your roster. That's totally fine. I think that's great. I, if you can get, like you said, if you can get somebody to give you more than the real value of a player, you always got to consider it. I mean, even mm-hmm. if he was a rookie stud that's super young, that mm-hmm. had a phen- – I mean, he was what what wide receiver seven for the last like four, four or five weeks. He was he won, unreal. He like, won you – if you won yeah. a championship, there's a good chance Amon Ross St. Brown was on yeah. your roster. <laughs> I, li- I literally missed the playoffs by one loss in one league where I had Amon Amon Ra, and if I would have ha- if I would have just squeaked in, man, it would have been mur- I would have murdered everybody with Amon Ra for sure. Well, and it, yeah, I, I totally agree with you though. With the Detroit. let's talk about his market value, like in redraft leagues, in one QB redraft leagues. Where do you think Amon Ross St. Brown's going to end up getting drafted next year? Top thirty of the wide receivers for sure. He'll oh, yeah. be so like fifth, sixth round. Fifth, yeah, I oh fifth round for sure. I think he'll be mm-hmm. fifth, fifth, sixth round, hundred percent. Like, right. like somebody's mm-hmm. going to reach for him because they're going to see that production and they're going to just say they aren't going to. I think, I I think uh, what happened with Ayuk last year happened to Amon Ra in a way where injuries funneled volume to him in a big way, and that's why Ayuk struggled this year because Kittle, Debo were both back. And they finally had a, a good run game that was consistent with Elijah Mitchell. Um, that is something that people got to understand. Injuries is a big part of volume. And if you, and that's what happened with the Monroe and that most likely, I think they will be getting a wide receiver in this draft. And, and, and I'm going right. to Brown could still be good. Even if there's another receiver, Absolutely. it might actually help them. You know, I'm just saying Absolutely. that it will. Yeah. You could just explore. Cause I think that you can get, you could t- maybe take Amon Ross St. Brown. And it's, yeah. so you always think like sell these guys and then cash out for picks. But I think there's another way to do it. I think you could add your first rounder to Amon Ross St. Brown and maybe get up to an AJ Brown. You know, you can, yes. you, you can go the other way too. So it's, again, you that's, could not that's do that. Money. I, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think that yeah. is something. There's only so many alphas in this league. 
And if you can stack up those alpha wide receivers and those top eight wide receivers every single year by points per game, every single year, the last few years, that is something that is smart to do that. I could totally see that happening. And that's a smart strategy as well. Cash out we, while it's hot. Right. Cause we always think about go the other way, like take a dollar, right. split it into four quarters, but sometimes you could take more and then add up. So it's all, it's all have- on the roster structure. It's all on your rosters. I mean, honestly, it's really your rosters and how well your roster is constructed. I like what you said though, about like, just there's only so many alphas. See if you can collect yeah. those guys by using hot items, uh, hot, uh, yeah. hot assets. So a player yeah. that you have on here that I like that I think it's an interesting to talk about. Cause I ranked him high, but I I've had some pause and that's Deontay Johnson. Okay. So Deontay Johnson's on your sell list. Just state the case here. Cause I want to talk about him. There's a couple different ways to look at him. So why are you selling Deontay Johnson off your roster? We have zero idea what quarterback is going to be there. Um, that is the problem to me. And honestly, I think with any other quarterback besides Big Ben, Chase Claypool would be a lot more of a factor in that offense. Um, I think Big Ben totally struggled throwing it down, down deep down the field and that limited and capped Chase Claypool. And I think a lot of those targets flooded over to Deontay. And we're going to find out that when there's actually a real quarterback there, they could throw the ball a little bit deeper and they're going to take those shots and they're going to have bigger plays and splash plays in their offense. Um, I totally see that happening. And I think they could also, you know, maybe if they have to trade for a veteran quarterback, if they want that, if, if Deontay, only way Deontay Johnson keeps this value at, at the production rate he's at right now is if they go get a real veteran quarterback. That's the only way with a, with a rookie, I don't see him, getting funneled all these or all these targets and being this efficient. Yeah. I, I like what you said there. Cause I have Deontay Johnson for ranked pretty high. He said, I have to, yeah. if I pull up the road wire dynasty, Superflex rankings, he's probably like wide receiver nine or 10. And it's yeah. because he pops off the page. He's a good player. He's got, yeah. you know, he, he could do it all over the field. He could do it in the mid range. And uh, I think like no matter what quarterback is in there, uh, it's going, it, he's going to be part of the game plan. But uh, what you sure. said that, what, what you said that really uh, resonated with me was that Chase Claypool was marginalized by the limitations mm-hmm. of Ben Roethlisberger. I like that. So, 100%. I mean, let's just, let's just use a, an example of, uh, of like an extreme case. Like one of the worst starting quarterbacks last year was Drew Locke when he got the opportunity to start. But <sighs> if Drew Locke was a Pittsburgh Steeler, Chase Claypool would get five or six bombs, you know. So, and then so no matter who they now, no matter who they bring in there, it's it's going to be better for Claypool because uh, I think they realize they have a, a an asset and they're not stretching that part of the field. So Deontay Johnson, okay, are you if you're actively looking to get out of him? I think he's a hot commodity. So if you're if sure. you, what quarterback would make you feel comfortable? So. Of the free agent quarterbacks, let's say it's not a rookie, right? I mean, there's a lot of rumors sure. they're going to trade up to get a rookie. But if it was Jimmy Garoppolo, if it was mm-hmm. – I'm trying to – who else is out there right now that's – um, I mean, let's – because forget the superstar quarterbacks. None of them are going to Pittsburgh, I don't think, because they don't have the assets. Who are some of, like, the tier two – I mean, we can discuss that, but likely they'll get a tier two quarterback. So who sure. else is out there? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jameis Winston. That's Winston. another guy. Um, I don't know. Like, I – Really, Winston Jimmy G would be is like the only guy. I think right. Jimmy for Deontay Johnson. If Jimmy G went to Pittsburgh, that's a perfect fit for Deontay Johnson. That would absolutely be money. That would be my nightmare if I traded him and Jimmy G went there. That would mean I just gave up a short pass thrower and 
gave up a guy that can run those short intermediate routes like nobody can do it. Um, that would suck, but I, I don't believe – I think Jimmy G is going to be somewhere else. Um, but I don't know. Where do you, where, James, I don't like the tangent James too Winston. much, but where do you, where do you think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up? Where is your prediction? I like Washington a lot for him. I think that yeah. is – if I'm, if I'm Jimmy G, I'm going straight to the NFC. I am not going to any AFC teams because AFC like he teams has a are. Uh, oh, I understand. He does. I think he does. I think. I think uh, the Niners actually respect the hell out of that guy, and yeah. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna actually do good by him and let him kind of, you know, dictate where he's gonna go next. Um, uh, I'll, but, I'll tell you. I'll tell. Hang on yeah. a second. I'll tell you why. I mean, that sounds nice and fluffy, but he's hardly. Yeah earn the respect of, you know, like the Tom Brady, like, Hey, where do you want to go? And I would no, think that they, you know, cause wherever he goes, that he has a, a monster year left on his contract. So they're going to yeah. take what they can get. If some team is offering them just say, hypothetically a first round pick and other teams offering their second round pick, they're not going to say, Hey, Jimmy, we'll send you to the more optimal location for the second one. They're going to take their first round pick. <laughs> oh, so 100%. I, yeah. Yeah. I thought um, the Jimmy G landing spot is going to be Carolina Panthers, but again, it's just a guess perfect. at this point. Yeah, That's Washington, Washington, I, I think they're eye, eyeballing a, a mobile quarterback. I heard you guys say on your podcast, you like the rookie to go there. One of you guys said the Malik Willis, but I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be a more sought off, sought after uh, quarterback this offseason than most think. And yes. Trubisky, uh, fine, it didn't work out well, but I, I could see him having a Ryan Tannehill-like resurgence mm-hmm. on another team. I'm not saying he's great, but I think he'll be really good for fantasy. Let's stick to your Dude, topic. I'm right here. there with you. Yeah, and who knows? These are guesses. I I like what you said there. Uh, Deontay Johnson, okay, so there is risk in selling him. You will see that. Sure, sure. Because he's a good player. Yeah, anytime you sell a good player and he does – I'm not saying that he's not going to be a great player. I'm just saying he's going to drop in value. And I just don't like uncertainty (laughs) with my rosters, especially at the wide receiver position where it's dependent on a quarterback. Um, it's extremely dependent. I don't see Mason Rudolph being able to carry the water for this team. I think if, if it, if they don't pick up anybody and, and they just roll with who were they got Haskins and, and, uh, and Mason Rudolph, that is a recipe for disaster in my opinion. And that is going to stifle the offense and it's not going to be nearly as productive. Even, even though big Ben is gone, even though, you know, Mason Rudolph has a stronger arm, right now um but he just he won't be able to run the office the same um i just don't see i don't see the production being the same yeah mason Rudolph. i mean you have to have like a baseline of quality to support fantasy receivers absolutely and the baseline's not even that high for example it's like you know if andy dalton is the quarterback on a team you're not like oh my god andy dalton's that great but at least you know he can reasonably support a couple fantasy options i think that we all agree mason rudolph drew Locke, those guys are a little bit below that mendoza line let's move on they're all back yeah yeah so you have amari cooper on your on your sell list now where do you start start with this do you think Amari Cooper is a co- is going to be a desirable fantasy asset? Because I, I, I've, a couple of the leagues, I start seeing him on the block. So when we talk about sell high or must sell. Yeah, this might be the example of what I, yeah, of what we were talking about in the beginning, where he might have more actual value than his trade value. So, right. in a sense, aren't you really selling low on selling Amari low. Cooper? Yeah, I think I think there's 
Amari Cooper stands out there that you can sell him to. Um, I think people fall in love with that offense, uh, the Cowboys. I just am terrified of C.D. Lamb becoming the number one in that offense. I think after the playoffs, after seeing the fact that when they didn't go to Lamb at all, they struggled mightily. Um, I think – do we really believe that they trade they they got CD Lamb to be the wide receiver too, even going into their third year? I don't think so. I think I think they're gonna give him that elite work target share. And this is if you're gonna be able to sell Amari Cooper, this is at this is the time to do it. Because after this time, I think his I think his stock is gonna be just gone. I think I think you got to cash in at some point. And if you haven't done it already, this will, you have to do it now. Like yeah, I, you should have did it last year. Yeah. I take the, um, you know, it's funny. Cause I would put and and I, I think that's really sound logic. I yeah. put Amari Cooper on the other side of the ledger. I have him as a buy low. And of course, sure. like we talked about in the beginning, you could have any player on any side of the ledger and make the case for them. But here's the reason. Sure. Amari Cooper is likely to produce like a top 17, 18 wide receiver. He is, he does qualify for me as a set it and forget it where even Mm -hmm. if he has, you know, three catches for like 27 yards, you're not wondering whether you should play him the next week. You are playing him because you know, the upside still exists. And if you could, you know, reasonably get, you know, get, get him, you're going to get him for a price that's likely outside of the top 30 wide receivers. Right. You're going to be able sure. to you'd be able I mean, snap call. You'd be able to trade Amon Ross St. Brown for him straight up. Somebody is, would do that in for in a heartbeat. I think I mean, you know, oh, I would take Amon Ross over him right now. Right. Like that, and then, that's that's something I would do. 100%. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think that's why. And I think it, it, that lines up with what I'm saying is that if we were to take, yeah. you know, it, if we were to reasonably project which one of those wide receivers will have a better year next year. And I know Dynasty is not just about next year, but it's so hard yeah. to project out two, three years. I mean, I'm I'm going to take the Amari Cooper side of that bet just based on his his yeah. pedigree, his setup and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I think Dynasty players are going to be, uh, I think dynasty players overvalue youth and that's the basis for my buy lows. Whereas hundred percent, I think you're right on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, that's where I fall on it. So Amari Cooper, yes, he is a deteriorating asset and it's like you pointed out, it's easy to see that CD lamb, it yeah. should take, you know, the, the a more huge leap. role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, but, but he hasn't done it yet. So it's a little concerning. And again, it may not even be any fault of his own. So that, mm-hmm. that's I where that the Mari, and I don't, yeah. I mean, like I said, it may not be any fault of his own. It, that's, mm-hmm. but it's so far, we just haven't seen it. And Amari Cooper, he's kind of an all timer in the fantasy world too. Right. I mean, he's, he's just been productive for so long and he's age 28. He's not, he's not over the cliff. He's not yet. that old. Why, yeah. Why, yeah. Wide receivers like that tend to age a little bit better. Uh, you know, the more of the route running guys, let's, let's move on. Let's mm-hmm. go. The next guy Thanks. on your list who I, did, do you have any more Mari Cooper thoughts before I moved on? No, no. Okay. I, no, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's no, a good. It's, a, it's an interesting case because I think the market's going to agree with you. I just see, um, you know, I I wouldn't trade Mari Cooper unless I was getting the full value for him, and I don't think mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, you because know? there's a guy in my league trying to sell him right now, and nobody's offering a first round pick. All right, really? Here we go. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a, a sample of one, which means nothing, right? I mean, you gotta get in this, you gotta get in people's DMs and talk people up, man. That's just yep. You gotta yeah, be yeah. a salesman we- sometimes. And we're going to talk about trade strategy at the end. I want everyone that's listening to the podcast to stay towards the end because we are going to talk about trade strategy. All right. The next guy you have on your must sell list or sell high list is you have Hollywood Brown. 
Started the season really hot. Okay, cooled down towards the end. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about why you're trying to trade Hollywood Brown off of your roster. Hollywood Brown is a – he's not a one, number one wide receiver in an offense. I think we figured that out. I think I think over the last three years, I, I believe the reason – I think the Ravens agree with me. The reason they went and got Bateman is because he fits – that wide receiver won. Um. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kind of stature. Uh, I think Hollywood Brown has is more of a Deshaun Jackson type of talent, and I think he's more of a shot play type of talent. I think you can't base your whole offense off of him. Um, I think it's pretty evident that, and I mean, it's, this was one of his best years, and he was still only a wide receiver too. Um, yeah, and, Hollywood and, Brown finished as wide receiver twenty one on the year. Exactly. I mean, and that was his best year, and that is to me that's telling me that he just doesn't have the consistency 
to stick, stick, be your wide receiver one for an NFL team. And I think that's why they went and got and spent first round capital on Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman is going to cut into that target share for uh, Hollywood Brown as well. And we're going to f- see um, Bateman rise to what we thought he was going to be as that wide receiver one in that offense. And they're going to be able to use Hollywood Brown correctly, how he is supposed to be used. He got overdrafted, I think, and he should have been a second round, third round pick really in the NFL draft. I think people fell in love with his Oklahoma numbers and we, he snuck up higher in that draft. Um, But to me, I believe a Lamar Jackson, I think he has a hard time throwing to those smaller guys. I think he's a little bit inaccurate. Um, so I think he needs a little bit of size to fix his inaccurate throws here and there. That's why he loves the Mark Andrews. That's why, you know, Sammy Watkins was a thing whenever he was healthy. Um, I believe when Rashad Bateman is healthy um, and with a full offseason, I think he's going to cut majorly into Hollywood Brown's production. And you're not going to see – any, I think he's going to be a wide receiver three from here on out. Yeah, I think that's fair analysis. And yeah. the reason that I the the reason that I I wouldn't have included a Hollywood Brown on my list is one is that I still think he's a good player, and mm-hmm. I think that my expectations are more that like you said, like I put him in my wide receiver three spot, and on and you're going to get those two catches. Those for, for, yeah. What's that? You're going to get those boom weeks, and then you get oh. the bust weeks. Yeah. Hang on, let me make let me make this point here is that you're going to get your two catches for 28 yards. Um, but what you do is you leave a player like that, and, and kind of like where what Will Fuller was before his explosion year is that at any given week you could have that 35 point explosion. You're going to have the six catches for 125 yards and two touchdowns. So I don't mind players like that on my roster. Now, mm-hmm. when you talk, yeah, I I think the expect the market. The dynasty market reflects that. Like, I think he went wide receiver like 25 in my my most recent yeah. draft. So the price on him, I think, is is back in is line right. with what the expectations are for him as a player. So when you're talking about Marcel, I'm not sure anyone's gonna overpay for him. But sure, if there's a Hollywood Brown fan out there that's gonna that pay for him. So yes, these are players that's value have dropped from the year before. I wouldn't mm-hmm. classify him as a must sell, but I think that what all those things that you pointed out was if anyone in your league is high on him and yeah, they want to give you a, a player, but he still has youth too. So I think we, I think we disagree on that one, but no disagreement on the fact that his, his value is lower than it once was, especially since he started off the season so hot. So it's an interesting yeah. debate there because Hollywood Brown is not a blue chip player in anyone's dynasty roster, but he's certainly an every week starter on most of my teams that have three receivers. I mean, I, I see a lot of guys that hype up Hollywood Brown still. They still have faith that he's going to be this guy for like he's going to be an AB, like a smaller wide receiver one. I just don't see the same talent. I don't see the same route tree. I don't see the consistency to be the wide receiver one. And like I said, I think Bateman is going to be the guy. And I think he's going to really drive the the reason I'm saying sell while you can. Mm-hmm. It's the way I look at it is like I said, if you're gonna see a guy take a hit to value in the future you may as well get rid of them now and try and cash in as much as you can and then try and flip those, flip your assets, throw them in a package and trade up for somebody. Like, like you were saying, like 
put him in something, give a pick, and go get yourself somebody on the wide receiver 15, like a Terry McLaurin. Go get somebody like that and like be more consistent. And I, I that's I just don't see the Ravens offense using him as at the same target share as he had this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree with it. that too. I that yeah. and I agree that he is pro, he's a lid lifter. He's like better for an NFL team than he's going to be for your he's fantasy a, team. He's one of those guys. He's he's necessary. Every team needs a guy like that. Needs him. Yeah. Well, will will you will he be consistent for fantasy? I don't think so. But again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of player fantasy players that when you especially on your dynasty team when you have th- have to start three wide receivers and a flex. Mm-hmm. I, they like the Jarvis Landry types in their wide receiver three spot. I tend to like the boomer bust guys in there and just know that I can win my week with a player like Hollywood. So I, I don't think you're going to have to pay a lot, but you're looking to move them off your roster and, and, and move Bateman. Mm-hmm. in. I certainly respect that call. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next player I want to talk about is uh, you had talked to me offline. Uh, I, who knew in 2022 that Hunter Renfro was going to be a polarizing player. It's very interesting. Right? I, I, um, I like Hunter Renfro. You don't like him moving forward. Uh, I'm interested, and you know what? There's there's going to be a he's going to be an interesting test case. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be quiet while you make the um, the case why you don't want Hunter Renfro because his value is high right now. Yep. Maybe not in some of the dynasty circles. I don't know why this man doesn't get respect. Tell me why you're trying to get Hunter Renfro oh, off of your roster. I think he well. A I think. It's another Ayuk thing. I think it's an it's a volume. He got volume because of injuries and and people not stepping up to the plate like Brian Edwards. Um, I believe when Waller is back, he is not going to be getting the same touchdown efficiency as he had. He had nine this year. I think uh, he's not going to get the same looks inside the ten. And I think he's going to have. He had a twenty one percent target rate this year, target share this year. And when I think this year. They would be the Raiders would be very smart to go get themselves an outside right receiver to throw into that offense to help out that offense to help out Derek Carr because you can't rely on on a guy like Hunter Refra, five foot ten, you know, one hundred and eighty five pound wide receiver um, day in or week in week out for years to come. I think you got to get more talent into that offense, and by doing that, I think that's going to affect his production. I, I I also believe because of the because of the missing talent around him, um, this was his ceiling. I think we really saw his ceiling. I think we really did. Uh, I don't see could he any be any more efficient? I mean, I'm asking you. Do you see him yeah. becoming any more efficient than he was? I mean, if, even if his target share creeps up, maybe a point or two. I mean, I just so don't hear- see. It. Here's why I, I categorized him in the in the buy category rather than the sell mm-hmm. is because the dynasty market hates this guy. And for they don't like his profile. They don't, don't like, you know, they don't everything that you're saying. I think the market agrees with you. And what I'm saying is that the reason why he's a buy low is because whatever you have to uh, trade to acquire Hunter Renfo is going to be less than the production that he likely gives you. So whereas, mm-hmm. for example, um, if you trade someone and then the per- it's the opposite way, right? So I think that, like, say, for example, let's just use rookie picks because that's what dynasty players love to talk about. They love yeah. rookie picks. Yeah, we always talk about so, those. Right? So let's say I have pick 13 in a rookie draft, right? That's pick 2.1 in most 12-team leagues. And mm-hmm. I and I go to you right now, Brandon. This is, this is like live on air here, right? And I say, hey, yeah. I'm going to give you pick 2.1 in our Superflex League. 
Just give me Hunter Renfro. I mean, you're snap calling that. Yes. Am I right? Uh, probably not. Actually, I think oh, that is a little okay. cheap. I think you can get more from him. I, I've been I've been seeing you can get into top 10 territory for Hunter Renfro because of that production. Okay, then, you can then, sell that. You can sell that. Fair and enough. I think, then, you can get, then, I think you can get more. I right. Okay. I, I don't think, again, I I would like to see real trades like that. That would be interesting. Yes, sure. that would be a – then he fits the sell high. If you're getting yeah. rookie pick one ten for Hunter Repro, you sell high. I think you can. What I'm, yeah, what I'm saying is that I think just based on the startups I've did and where he's valued, he's going outside the top 36 wide receivers right now. He's got, I think he went wide receiver 44 and wide receiver 50 in the two drafts I did. So I'm saying that that's a buying opportunity. Yeah. He's still only 26 years old. He produced yeah. in college – uh, with with Deshaun Watson, he caught the game winning touchdown in the championship game. I mean, that's a that's a, a moment. Yeah, and what I also see, and I ha- I had this discussion with Jim Coventry on the on the SiriusXM show yesterday, is that Josh McDaniels coming in as the head coach, I think uh-huh. benefits Hunter Renfro. Uh, Josh now it was partially Brady that loved to throw to the slot, but Josh McDaniels designed the offense that that made Julian Edelman and Wes Welker very sure. fantasy relevant, and Derek Carr. He's not a Tom Brady, but he certainly profiles as the type of player that will that he already has a rapport with Hunter Renfro, and I think that the system coming in complements that. I like Hunter Renfro a lot, but I think the dynasty market's going to agree with you. I'm looking to acquire him as a okay. buy low, but if someone else, you know, there's going to be people that, like you said, that say, "Hey, look at the production." Finished it here. I had it right production. here. He finished his wide receiver ten on the year. Yeah, ten. So, yeah. Yeah, I just think it, here's here's my issue is that's that a, I think that's a ceiling year to me. That's that's yep. wild. Like, oh yeah, like, my expectation is that he will not finish. My expectation for Hunter Renfro, my redraft rank of him would be like wide receiver twenty three. You know, wide receiver okay. twenty six. You know, it's something okay. like that. But I would sorry that would be my projection. I wouldn't rank him there because I wouldn't have to draft him there. I'd probably rank him as wide receiver twenty eight. You know, but okay. he probably, I mean, is going to finish as a top twenty four wide receiver, but. Again, that's projection. So I mean, certainly not. Yeah, the coming off the career year, if you can get something career. from him, and you don't think, and if you don't think he could do it again, that that's an interesting call. All right, let's yeah. get into some. Uh, we'll come back I, with our last with the last little bit here. I want to get into trade strategy. So you hear sure. experts, you hear podcasters and radio and analysts all the time talk about trade this guy, trade that guy. Trading <laughs> is hard. It's not an easy thing to do. What do you think is the best way? How, like, okay, you're just in a random league here with a bunch of strangers or maybe some friends, you know, Dynasty League. What is the best strategy to getting a trade actually completed? Hey, do everything possible to create rapport with that owner. Like, I'm talking, for, buddy them up, man. I'm, that is the biggest and most bullproof way of being able to get trades done, to, in my opinion, especially when you're in new leagues. But just start reaching out to people before you start trading. You got to start talking to people. Get 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 cozy with people. Get people talk about football in general with people and get them being a friend. And then you can start pushing trades. And then you can start doing that. Um, don't be Not those actually, guys you know that pause right there for that. That's great. No one's ever said that on the show because I ask that question yeah. to everybody that comes on here. No one has said build rapport prior to the trading. Hey, you have a cool. Seattle Seahawks um, logo. Hey, who's your favorite Seahawk? Do you yeah. think they're going to trade Russell Wilson? That, that's yeah. really good. First build casual rapport before you're going into Casual rapport. Them, right? Go ahead, 100%. Going. I just, 
hundred percent. Because if you go in there with no contact and you're just some random dude on the site on the in the cyber universe, and you send in a, a trade a trade that's borderline, most of the time it's not going to be accepted. Right. Everyone um, thinks so you're screwing you got, them over, right? Everybody thinks assumes the worst. Everybody assumes the worst. You know what I mean? Like even even when you're overpaying for people, they assume the worst. Like you, you get be- even good trades for them like that lean their way. People will say no because they're scared to death to make a deal with some stranger. And so in my, what I try to do is I literally try and talk up everybody. Like I, that's a, by the way, that's an interesting, that's an interesting psychological up. phenomenon. It's the same thing when you go into a car dealership, you automatically think 100%. the guy's effing you, you know? So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So when you, no, let me ask you that. When you say you go in there and you talk everyone up, what does that mean? You go into their roster or your roster and you start talking about players that like explain that a little bit. I just go, I just send a, you know, small message to them. Just these are the players, a group of players I'm looking at to acquire in most, in in leagues I'm in. And if you have any interest, let's talk about it. And then that usually leads into a conversation every single time. Like, cause then they go into why they like these, these, this, those group of players. And then they tell you exactly what their mind is thinking. And most of the time I try to, Whenever I try and acquire somebody, I actually talk about multiple players. I talk to them about multiple people, not the target I want. The the target I I send a couple options out. I go if I'm looking like if somebody has Terry McLaurin and Elijah Moore, and I really want Elijah Moore, we can you, you can start talking about Terry McLaurin, and then you'd be like, yeah, you know, and then you start chatting them up about Elijah Moore and then you send them a, a, a deal toward, towards Elijah Moore and then you can maybe pick them up. But you just got to get into a safe zone with owners, man, like where they kind of are build some trust. Don't be a total freaking degenerate and just try and screw people over. Uh, you know, like that we, people we know that guys send, like that, don't we? Oh, dude, we do. You can't just send random terrible trades to people and then think they're going to respect you for doing that. And that's never going to build rapport with anybody. You just, what's you got to res- really do What's that. your response when someone sends you the, the random terrible trade? Do you automatically reject it? Do you send them back uh, a worse deal? Like what's your reaction when someone sends you an obvious lopsided deal in their favor? I, I usually call them out in the chat. <laughs> I, I usually, I usually go, I usually go uh, send that garbage somewhere else. Trash man, truther. Right. like, you right. know, like uh, that's where, my, you know, like that, that's yeah. where I usually do. I usually, uh, I'm not the guy that just lets bad trades sit. Cause I can't stand that when people do that to me, like letting trades just sit forever. I, uh, I, I automatically block, you know, automatically decline it. And then I, I usually talk to them in the DMS and be like, come on, man, I'm not some, some schlub that you're going to rip off yeah. every single Isn't it funny? You know, Isn't it funny how there's a whole culture around dynasty trading <laughs> and rejecting? And, you know, mm-hmm. some people that I've, uh, I've talked to think that calling out in the chat is like, is a get is below the belt. Mm-hmm. I just, I love the calling out in the chat because I want the no, rest of the it. room to know you have to publicly shame people sometimes to get the sometimes the man. Want, right? when it, when it's, when it's blatantly bad and they are, like when it's disrespecting your intelligence, right. that's when I go that way. 
But uh, like I'll give you an example. Writing. I'll I'll give the audience an example. For example, if someone like wants to, if someone sends you a trade of like Tyler Boyd and their second round pick for Jamar Chase, that would be an example yeah. of like what we're talking about here. Like these totally, exactly. like you know, you'd have to. It's it just like not even a thought. It's not even a starter. And people will yeah. sometimes come back to you and say, "Well, I was just getting the negotiation going." No, That's not. getting the negotiation going. So let me let me give you let me give the audience a, a few tips, which I think and, and I like what you said. You build rapport, but also take the time. Look at your opponent's roster. See what they sure. need. Because if they're yeah. loaded at wide receiver and you're asking and they're thin at running back, don't go asking them for a running back. Just move on to the next roster. So see where they right. the, trades happen when there's a surplus and a and a deficit, right? When one right. team has a surplus of a position sure. and the other team has a deficit, and the opposite surplus and deficit is lines up. So then you're a good trading partner. And at that sure. point, what I like to do is say, I, I don't mind overpaying for a trade. Everyone says, oh, who won this trade? If it's going to help my team. If I'm one wide receiver two away from what I think can really make a run, and let's call that wide receiver two, let's just say DJ Moore, right? He's a sure. fringe wide receiver one receiver two. I don't mind overpaying for that if it fills a need. Maybe I give you know an older wide receiver, like DeAndre Hopkins and my first round pick if I, you know, again, that's a, that's a true overpay, you know, but you yep. get the point is overpaying yep. in order to fill a need. You know, obviously you wouldn't trade DeAndre Hopkins for a wide, you need a wide receiver too, but you get the point. Uh, Zeke Elliott and a second round pick for DJ Moore would be an overpay. But if I'm yep. loaded at running back and I feel like I just need that one piece, it's okay to overpay. Not everyone agrees with that. Oh, I, I would do that deal. <laughs> I, I'm actually okay <laughs> with that. Like I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the guy where you, I'm okay with losing a trade here and there. Like that is totally fine. Especially if I'm going, if I'm targeting a specific player and it's, you know, I have real, real uh, conviction about him. I definitely uh, am willing to not grossly overpay, but you know, I, some people, see my trades and they go, why did you do that? I go, because I'm going all in. I'm trying to win the championship here. Like that is the situations where I'm willing to overpay a little bit and willing to eat some crow on the chat to be able to acquire an asset that's going to get me over the top. Like that is totally fine. Everybody, everybody wants to have those trades where you win by 50% and you just crush the trade. Those the trade are few and far. Yeah. The trade calculator people, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that that's where people need to understand is like these trade calculators are, you know, garbage. a lot of them, they're a lot of, they're pretty garbage, you know, like that's what I'm saying. You can, these trade calculators have picks way overvalued, like way overvalued in my opinion, because half this, these picks are bus, you know, like yeah, if you're a trade, if you're a trade calculator person, don't send me your trade calculator screenshot with the values. Use it as a guide. If you're new to dynasty, I don't mind that is a tool, yeah. but there's a lot of yeah. other factors in. All right. Brandon 100%. Adam, you did, you, you did it, man. The reason I had you on the podcast, because I love people that are passionate about dynasty fantasy football. You mm -hmm. lack for no passion. You're a sharp player. Uh, I really like the analysis that you give. And I think that Anyone listening to this podcast, should, I, I strongly endorse them going to follow you on Twitter at Brandon D. Adam 19. Uh, his name will be linked and his Twitter will be linked in the video description below or in the podcast if you're listening there. He, he's generous with his advice. He loves football conversation. It's approachable. Brandon, man, you know, I've known you for a while on Twitter. I hope one day I get to meet you. You know, I love you as a person, man. I, I think you're yeah. the greatest. And um, people can find you now every week on the Flex Network podcast. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yes, sir. On the, what's what's the YouTube channel? Is it just to search the Flex Flex just, Network? Just just search Flex the Flex Flex Network, and you will see our uh, fantasy football podcast pop up. And just subscribe and enjoy the show. And if you don't agree with us, we're all about you ripping us apart. If you don't agree, like yeah. I'm not yeah, gonna get all weird about it. Like you guys. You know, that's why that's why I was totally fine coming on this uh, pod with you, because I because you're a smart, sharp guy. And if you catch me slipping, you're going to tell me like it's just straight up. That's (laughs) what it is. We're in the prediction business. So if you're in the prediction business and you get like 60 percent right. Wow. You're you're like you're killing it. So and just think about sports betters. Right. I mean, the the best sports betters in the world are they mean profit. I won't say the best. The most profitable guys hit it like 54 percent. You know, your yes. average sports better is probably going to lose and be well below that. So, yeah, we're in the prediction business. So I think is it's just trying to deliver um, plausible fantasy content in, a, in an entertaining way. And right now, uh, if you're into Dynasty and you're watching this podcast, what I strongly advise you to do is go check out the Rotowire Superflex Dynasty rankings. I just updated them. I just sanded them down. And right now you can get Rotowire for free. For 10 days, there's no credit card. Just put your email in. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try, and you get everything at Rotowire for 10 days. It just lapses. There's nothing to renew, nothing to cancel. All right, Brandon, Adam, you did it. Um, I appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Hey, we're going to have to have you on soon, too. Yep. No, 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 no doubt. I told Shane yesterday I'll come on anytime. All right, man. Uh, All until right. next week, we'll be back with another episode every Monday in the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast feed. Until next time, bye. Doors, doors, the sun goes down. Side of town, that lonesome feeling comes to my door. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.